Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to the Around Sports Podcast, December 5th, 2017. Uh, your host Frank Arone here. It's uh, we're at the three three quarter pole here. The NFL season. It's uh, already on the home stretch, and uh, just just getting into December. It's a uh, little little snow cover out this morning for the first time uh, first time this year with some substantial snow. So it's always good to see. It's you know definitely a little scenic, but also it's kind of the beginning of the end here for the next couple months in terms of being pretty chilly in the great state of Minnesota. Uh, where it's a little bit warmer, we'll uh, head out to Vegas and check in with Rob. How's it going out there, Crabber? Yeah, a little bit warmer. I don't know about that. It's uh, about 30, 35 degrees here today. It feels like I'm at home almost. Ooh, balmy 35, huh? Yeah, windy and everything. I don't know. It's a little crazy for some Vegas weather this time of the year. I had to have the pullover out and out and then the, some long pants, so I don't know. You weren't battling through, get a quick 18 in today, or what? Well, no, yeah, I just got done, needless to say. It's a pretty <laughs> good time with all that wind and the cold. It was a great time. Had the heaters on the carts and everything. Beanie and mittens. Yeah, exactly. It was a pretty good time. Nothing like a little <laughs> cold golf like that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, let's uh, check in and see how we did last week. The Weekend Recap. So how did Week 13 treat you there, crowd? Um, it wasn't the best week. I was kind of on a pretty good run there for the last few weeks, but this one I kind of you know, had a f- losing weekend. So uh, yeah, I had the Detroit with a one and a half unit play. I think we were both on uh, them, and just didn't really work out. Not a good, not a good pick, and just didn't really have much. I think the score is definitely a little bit, uh, for sure, misleading. I know that for sure, but um, uh, you know, just didn't work out. Nothing to say there. Just a kind of a bad pick. And then uh, San Francisco, uh, that one's a little bit closer, and they won with the field goal at the end. Uh, I, I myself had San Francisco plus four in pocket, but I released it on the money line, not the best of the number, but I still thought it was uh, still worthy of a play. And I think they controlled that game and everything for the most part. So I think even that score, I think they won a little bit more than uh, it looks like if you just look at the final score, 15 to 14 there. But so I didn't mind that play. And then uh, I also released Carolina under in that Saints game, under 48 in the in the late slate, and another one that didn't really get there, but I kind of like the idea. I just had a really high scoring first, specifically first quarter and first half, and then after that, the scoring went way down, kind of like I expected it to. So, you know, short-term variance, but I still think I, you know, I like to play myself. I got it at 49. I bumped there, but stations right before kickoff. So I think that was a pretty good number to get, a key number in that too. So 48 released and 49 myself. Uh, I like it, but it didn't work out. So all in all, a little bit of a losing weekend, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, still climbing back, trying to get back into the positive here. Yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty pretty solid week. Um, kind of got capped off with the big two-unit play there last night on the Bengals, which was nice to get home. As I had to sweat there a little bit at the end, but it felt like it should have been a pretty much a no-sweater. Um, but that's just kind of the way this year has been, where even the games where it feels like you're 
you know, dead right on. I still got to kind of sweat it out there at the end. Um, other than that, yeah, like you said, um, at Detroit too, I, I put Detroit, the Vikes, and San Francisco. They were all, you know, small underdogs there under three. I just figured, all right, I'm just going to throw them all on the money line and, and there's a pretty good chance I think you're going to get two out of three of those home, which ended up happening. And so it turned a nice little profit there. And then, uh, I was dead right on the Jets, but dead wrong on the Colts. Uh, you know, that's, uh, as it's interesting there with the Jacksonville and the Colts, like I, I think Jacksonville is a little overvalued, and I think the Colts are a little undervalued, and uh, obviously didn't play out like that. They didn't really come close to covering, and I think the Indianapolis side of the equation that I was on was uh, more incorrect. They just looked pretty anemic, and it's kind of been a little bit of a trend here the last couple of weeks. So I think I'm going to kind of pull off of them a little bit, um, even though I thought they were hopefully going to be a team you kind of ride here late, one of those scrappy undervalued teams. But uh, you know, based on recent recent form here. I don't know if that's uh, likely to, to play out as I was hoping it would at one point. So, But overall, a pretty good week for me. I got a couple units back, and like you, I'm just chipping away trying to get back to even on this season because it has been a pretty uh, pretty down season for me overall and not nearly as easy as it was last couple years. So it is what it is. Just kind of keep chipping away and, and hope to you know to, uh, mitigate the damage here in a year that really a lot of stuff really hasn't gone my way, and there's been a lot of a lot of flukiness, I think, overall for the most part here. So let's uh, finish strong in the last quarter. Um, now let's check in with uh, the games that where the number came into play last week. Getting the best of the number. So which games last week, Rob, were, uh, where did the number came into play, depending on when you bet it? Yeah, we had a few here. Uh, first one, any Jacksonville, the total came into play. It was a... Uh, Open 41 for the most part, but there was a few 41, or throughout the week it got as low as 40. There's a few spots, uh, not, not widely available, but definitely a handful of books between offshore and, uh, in Vegas. So, and then it closed 41, but it landed right on 40. So if you got a 40, you could have got a push. Um, again, not widely available, but definitely could have got it. And if you had enough books or had the right book, I should say. And then, uh, also the Giants, <clears throat> Giants in Oakland, there's side end total came into play there for first for the side. Opened as low as seven, seven and a half, and uh, that was, and then it closed at nine and a half, ten, nine, somewhere in there, and then it landed right on seven. So another one we could have got a push, but again, there's a little bit of the the quarterback change with Geno Smith and and Eli. Not that there was a huge change. I don't. There really wasn't much at all, but I think money kind of slowly came in on them even more, which you know, so it's kind of hard to tell if it's a quarterback difference or not with the public involved, but. That came into play, and then the total as well. Um, a few 41s that opened, and then closed 42 or 43, and that one landed on 41 as well. So that that could have been one you if you get a push on, and then uh, the biggest one of the week, probably the most uh, um, you know prevalent here in this example, would be the the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game of the total. You could have got uh, anywhere from 42 and a half to 43 and a half pretty much all week. It just kind of was bounced around depending on the book. So you really had quite a few options there, and of course it landed right on 43, so you really should have bet at either side and been able to win, so that's a perfect example for this segment, and it seems like we almost have one of those every week where you could bet either side and win, and it's, uh, you know, not, not even nitpicky or anything, it's kind of just, you know, a widely available number that you could get if you, uh, get it at the right time. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was a week where it did seem like there was a lot of opportunity there, uh, based in either way. Um, so, anyway, let's, uh, Get right into the the week fourteen slate here, huh? Let's do it. All right, first game is pretty good game here for a Thursday night. Um, I we kind of both sworn off Thursday nighters the better part of uh, you know not only this year but basically since they started doing the Thursday night games because they're 
pretty sloppy and unpredictable for the most part. Um, I didn't release official play on it last week, but in one of these contests I do, I ended up jumping on the Redskins and kind of got sucked into that pit last week, and that uh, really brought back to memory uh, all the reasons why I just can't stand, you know, betting on Thursday night games. Just super frustrating when you know it can happen in any game, but it just seems like it happens way more often on those Thursday nighters where it's just a bunch of random randomness of stuff that you just had no way you could see it coming and just you know really weird results so uh this is a game that (laughs) yeah exactly that's the sound i was making over and over again last thursday that's for sure um but this this is a pretty good one i don't know if i'll be involved here uh, financially but we got an nfc uh, south battle that uh, has a lot of playoff implications behind it we have new orleans heading to atlanta and it looks like New Orleans is uh, about a point to two point favorite on the road with a total of fifty three. Yep, um, my uh, I'll do this every week, but you know I do my power rating, and then I do the the Westgate opener, which I actually get from Jeff Sherman's Twitter account. Uh, he's a bookmaker over there at uh, the good Westgate. Follow. What's that? Say he's a good follow at Golf Odds. Yeah, at Golf Odds, and give him a little shout out. I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> Necessarily warranted it or not, but yeah, just, uh, he, just so I don't have to look at, you know, what my lines will say on a different odds program. I just use his Twitter account because it's the same every time whenever they post at the Westgate. So use that for the opener and then the look head line, which is the, the number that's bettable the week before, uh, basically before taking this last week of games in, into account. So it's definitely a good indicator. So I always want to put that little plug at the start of the podcast for any new listeners. But so yeah, this game here in New Orleans at Atlanta on Thursday night football, like you said, my power rating here. Atlanta two and a half. The opener Westgate uh, Atlanta minus one, and the look headline Atlanta minus three. So, you know, big adjustment here after one game. Which obviously I'm going to be looking at the value. I think a little bit of value on Atlanta, and, and like you said, it uh, you de- don't necessarily want to be betting these Thursday night games. But I think this is something where there's just a lot of value in Atlanta here. I, I'm you know decently high in New Orleans, but it just seems like you know this big adjustment going from look headline of three now we're almost getting all the way. It was up a little bit higher yesterday. Now it came down a little bit. I was kind of hoping it would get up to Atlanta plus three. That'd be you know, an automatic big play for me. But even here at this range, if they're getting points at home in a divisional game like this, it seems to me like you got to take Atlanta. So I'll be on the Atlanta side for sure. I think, and I don't know, just this big adjustment. And I, I said it a few weeks ago, or almost every week, I guess. Uh, but with the Vikings, they just shut down these good quarterbacks and these good offenses, and they look bad for a week. They did that with the Rams. And what happens next week? They come back and have a really good performance again, and the Rams beat the, the New Orleans team. So, uh, similar situation here. Atlanta got shut down, did score a touchdown, only get nine points against the Vikings defense. And I don't think it's as much Atlanta as just the Vikings being you know, the best defense in the league. And I think we've seen that for a while here, but I think the markets are still a little slow to adjust of how good this Vikings defense is. So, I expect Atlanta to come out after a bad performance last week against a really good defense to come and you know take advantage of a pretty mediocre defense at best uh, in new orleans so might be a little bit of a shootout but i feel like atlanta's gonna be the right side here so i'll be on atlanta before kickoff yeah i basically agree with what you said verbatim um i, I just think new orleans is a little bit overrated i think they're good uh, i think that people give them their credit or their defense a ton of credit for shutting teams down and saying you know oh they you know really got together and these rookies and you know this is a great defense and it's like, no, I mean, they're they're better than they were because they were historically bad the last couple of years under Rob Ryan. And, you know, that they're, they're functional now. And at times they can be good, but I don't think they're transcendent by any means. And uh, I think people are just kind of power rating them a little too high in terms of being one of the top three, four teams in the league. I think they're, they're around that range, but um, I don't think they're quite there. So for them to be 
uh, you know, lane price here on the road, even though it's a very short one. Um, just be laying points in general on the road against uh, a hungry Falcons team that, that they, I mean, they both want the game a ton, but if it, the Falcons need the game more than the Saints do. And they're going to be playing each other in a couple weeks uh, again. So the Falcons know that they're going to have to go to New Orleans, which obviously is an easy place to play here in a couple weeks. So they're they're really going to be motivated because they really need this game at 7-5 and five to kind of keep up in the NFC wild card picture. Or, you know, maybe if they could sweep the Saints here, even come back, potentially win the division. So um, I, I think I think you're going to get a real good effort from Atlanta. And I think there's just a tad too much... Uh, Tad too much uh, you know, the Saints bandwagon, and, and exactly like you said with the the offense for Atlanta, I think has a pretty good chance to rebound here in the big step down in class against the Saints defense versus the Vikings defense. So um, I'll probably be in Atlanta with you. I just want to make a quick note. I know you mentioned Jeff Sherman. Uh, I'm sure you listened to it too on the fall of the money to, today. He was on there, and he was talking about Tiger, and they were saying that he was 101 coming off the PGA last year, which he didn't play in, and by yeah, just, uh, just whatever crazy. mid. What was that? Just crazy, yeah. Like, like, go ahead. I was yeah. going to say how crazy And then uh, midday Friday when he was just on fire on that round in the Hero Championship, at one point he was down to 15-1, to 1, just all from betting. Obviously, it has nothing to do with his actual true odds of winning, but people just can't get enough Tiger. It's just crazy to and say they had him at 50-1 to 1 coming into this week, and then after his hot start, he just kept, he knocked it down 25 to 1 and just kept getting bet with more Tiger money and then knocked it down to 15 to 1. And he said he's still taking some more Tiger money at that price. So it's just crazy. People can't get enough Tiger. That's for sure. Well, I mean, after one round sample size, I think it's, you know, definitely warranted to go that low. I think it's maybe a little bit of value still on Tiger if you got it at 15 to 1. <laughs> Especially in a hero championship where it's, you know, whatever 20 players and just some random tournament in December. It's just hard to imagine that, you know, that there's that much money coming from something like that. But, I just thought that was an interesting little side note here. So let's get to the uh, Sunday games. First game up, looks like there's a bunch of blanks on the board. You got Detroit at Tampa Bay. Are you seeing any numbers on this one? Yeah, it looks like you out there, huh? Um, oh, boy. Uh, no, I don't see much at all. I think actually my whole screen's empty, so I don't have much on this one. It's uh, It looks like Stafford might be in here, but I, I think his health is going to be the what's in question, how that hand is going to hold up. So I don't have much here, but I just made this power rate and a pick, if assuming he's healthy, but... Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what it comes in, and I'm not sure. Yeah, boy, Detroit let me. I mean, and you, but both of us down last week. They're just. I just can't stand that Detroit team. I don't know. It seems like every time I, I've, I've never. I don't really haven't been a believer in them at all. Like the last couple of years, and every time I jump on them, they just seem to, you know, give me a couple middle fingers and say, "Ha you should have. You know, should have stuck true and never bet us because." You know, you know, we're no good. And every single time I buy in and finally jump on the boat a little bit, it just tips right over. Yeah, well, it's just too. I just think that's kind of a little bit of a dream crusher. Last week they had definitely a game that's was definitely winnable against the Baltimore team. That they showed some good offense last week. Not that they got that many points as they had on the scoreboard, but the offense looked better. But you know that was a Detroit game where they Detroit team that they definitely could have taken care of business there. So I think, like I said, a little bit of a dream crusher. I'm going to be a little bit uh, weary about uh, betting on this team going forward because it seems like they're kind of you know any playoff hopes seems like they're kind of got shot there like against that last uh, last loss there. Yep, I could definitely see that. Next game we got Chicago at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati laying six and a total of 37.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Cincinnati minus six. The Westgate open, Cincinnati six and a half. And the, the look, look at line at Westgate was uh, six and a half as well, Cincinnati. So line actually came down a little bit, which it's kind of kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't. I thought I was kind of impressed with, with, with what Cincinnati did 
at least for the, for sure the first half. I mean, obviously they looked good the whole first half, and then they didn't really do much in the second half. But I kind of you kind of you kind of just expect that going in with Pittsburgh making some adjustments and the way they're talking about you know playing New England in the playoffs and stuff, or in a few weeks I should say, and then maybe in the playoffs as well. But they're kind of just looking ahead, and the, out of any teams in the NFL, they don't they really don't hide much about not staying focused, going game to game, and and everything like that. So. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing adjustment downward here. I'm kind of surprised by that, but at the same time, I don't know if I really want to be laying points here with Cincinnati, but with Chicago, it's the same type of deal. They just look pretty awful. And then we both got, you know, had a winner against San Francisco against them last week. So, uh, obviously I'm not really too high on Chicago here and, and Cincinnati had like, like, kind of like last week, uh, with Detroit, I feel like it's a little bit too with them, a little bit of a dream crusher. That would have been a huge game if they could have beat their division rival. A big game on Monday night like that for their you know, definitely would have helped a lot in the playoff race there in the AFC. So not that they're going to be giving up or anything, but I think it's they might lose a little bit of air in their balloon here. But I think uh, for the most part, I'm probably just be staying away from this game. Even if it gets a seven, I don't really don't even like Chicago. I just feel like this is just a total crapshoot of a game for the most part. So I mean, I think for me, it's either take Cincy or, or pass. Uh, lay the points or pass for me. Yeah, it is, it is hard to like really know what to make out of either of these teams. I know at the last time Chicago went on the road and was a underdog, albeit um, you know double the size of this. When they're catching fourteen from Philly, they just laid a complete egg and they didn't get a first down the whole first half and lost by twenty eight. Uh, and then Cincinnati, the old land points that just doesn't really seem like a proposition I'm all that interested in um, either. And the last time I guess they did cover against the Browns when they were laying eight a couple weeks ago, but you know that's the Browns, so <laughs> I got to put an asterisk on that. Um, yeah, I just I'm not really attracted to either either side here. I just think it's one of those games if since he uh, gets up early, Chicago will probably be in trouble, and there's a pretty good chance they cover. And if Chicago has you know one good drive or one fluky thing happen early, and they can get out to a lead, you know there's a pretty good chance they cover, which is kind of stating the obvious. But um, you know, I just don't really see. I, I don't I don't foresee this game being much more likely to end up a certain way, and I don't really trust hardly anything about either of these teams right now. So, And then, like you said, motivation. Uh, it seems like it'd surely be a dream crusher here coming back on a short week after kind of blowing a hard-fought game there for Cincinnati and not totally giving up your playoff hopes, but uh, definitely a big blow to them. So who knows how they're going to respond. And, and even Chicago, they've kind of been up and down with their effort level too. So it's just kind of a – when you're trying to figure out motivations and you don't have any inside info or – a strong tell on a team, it's just pretty hard to to get involved financially, so I'll most likely be sitting on the sidelines for this one as well. Next game, uh, looks like it's blank as well. I got Indianapolis traveling to Buffalo. You got anything on this one? No, I don't see anything. Uh, another one, yeah. Not, I don't know what you got going today. Maybe uh, not getting any games going, but yeah, this is the last one. It looks like the rest of the games will have lines on, but I don't know who knows what's going to happen here between, I think, sadly, I think it's a pretty big adjustment between uh, Tyrod and and Peterman, so. Which you don't want to ride the Peterman train again after San Diego? Yeah, well, I, I didn't, and uh, I'm not about to hop on. I think you're the one that was riding that train, so you, you'll have to let me know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have much interest in this game. Like you said, Indianapolis, I stayed away from them. I was about to bet Indy, but actually one of my, you know, somebody I trust actually came in on the other side with uh, Tennessee last week laying those points. Jacksonville? Oh, was it ja- yeah, sorry, I don't know why I said Tennessee. Yeah, Jacksonville. And, uh uh another Tennessee Jacksonville kind of you know interchangeable at this point <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and, uh, uh but anyway so I stayed away from Indianapolis which I was happy about after the result but obviously you weren't so lucky but I like you said you already mentioned it it's kind of 
we made some money on this team earlier in this year, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be a little, you know, gun shy, I think, with uh, this Indianapolis team the rest of the way. It seems like they might be a kind of just rebuilding type of deal. And even Pagano, I was going to say that when I was watching the games, he just looks like a guy. If you're on the opposite sideline, like you're, that you play chess against or something like that, and you just kind of feel bad for just because he just, just looks like an absolute idiot, you like kind of feel <laughs> bad that you're taking advantage of him. Like he's like, he looks like he's about to cry or something like that. Just like I don't know, I just wouldn't have any faith as a player playing under him. I know that much. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they <laughs> that locker room really does either. Uh, it seems like they've kind of quit on him here and there for the last couple of years almost. So yeah, that wouldn't shock me. It sure seems like he has to be fired this off season. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next game we got is Seattle at Jacksonville. Kind of an interesting one. We got uh, Jacksonville. Looks like they're laying three here at home with a total of thirty-nine and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Jacksonville minus two and a half. The Westgate open Jacksonville minus three. The look headline: Jacksonville minus three as well. So, uh, little it got to three and a half for a little bit. There's a few three and a halves, and then it kind of came down uh, with Seattle. So, I mean, I would uh, definitely like three and a half, or at least look that way. But now sitting at three. Even I'm seeing even threes on Jacksonville, even money, so even plus money out of one of my books. So I mean, I don't know. It uh, it's it's tough. I don't, I don't really have much of an opinion at this game at three. I kind of sitting now. My power rating is two and a half, but you know, paying Seattle with three extra juice, I just don't really want to do that right now. Especially after a huge victory, beating probably one of the, if not the best, one of the best teams in the NFC and in, in, in Philadelphia last week in prime time. So. But in Jacksonville, it's kind of a, you know, with them, the roller coaster that they play every week. So I just, like I said, I don't know where, where I'd want to get involved in this game. So I think it'll be a pretty easy pass. It, something to note that low total, 39, 39 and a half. It seems like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to go down anymore or not, but it seems like it's a little low. But I don't think I'm going to necessarily get involved just because it's hard to tell with Jacksonville with as good as their defense is and as iffy as their offense is. But it seems like it's, uh, seems a tad low to me. I don't think I'm probably going to get involved outside of total though. Yeah, it's, I, I just, Jacksonville's got a good defense, but I just, you know, I just don't like portals. And I've been, I think, a little bit down on Jacksonville compared to the markets. Seems like they're getting quite a bit of respect. It's interesting how it seems like their defense gets pretty well respected in the markets for the most part, because that's like all they have to offer basically is their defense, obviously. Um, I don't think their coach is that great. And I don't think their, um, obviously their offense isn't that good either. So it's weird how it seems like I think they get, a pretty fair amount of respect, and it seems like the Vikings with their defense, which I'd say are fairly equivalent, it seems like they don't get hardly any respect, especially with a competent offense, which is, you know, I guess good, <laughs> but at the same time is a little bit aggravating uh, outside of, you know, financially potentially profiting from it. But um, that being said, I just don't really like this spot to, to go against them. Um, Seattle coming off that huge win on Sunday night, and now uh, coming back here, um, you know, on the road, it's a good defense. The Seattle's a team that I, I kind of like, and I think they have a potentially high ceiling. But they're also just not a team I really trust to go in here and you know pretty much ask them to win this game. Uh, I wouldn't shock me at all if they do. Uh, I think they're definitely capable of it. I just don't know if I'm quite confident enough in them to really put my money on them in this spot. So I'll I'll maybe uh, depending on if the line moves here and and you know as, as I go further on the week and. Listen to some more stuff and you know think about it some more. I might get involved, but I'd say as of now, I'm I'm uh, you know I don't have a bet on it yet, and then likely probably won't hear the rest of the week. But we'll see. Next game we got is Oakland at Kansas City. It's a rematch from that what 31-30 game a couple weeks ago on third or about a month and a half ago, I guess on Thursday night. That was a pretty entertaining, albeit not great played game. 
Uh, looks like Kansas City is laying four at home with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus three. Westgate open, Kansas City four, and the look headline, Kansas City six. You know, like you said, that that game was a Thursday night football, that, that shootout, that was kind of the, the start of the downward spiral here for Kansas City. I mean, I've nothing more frustrating having a them in pocket for quite a Quite a large amount, quite quite a bit of exposure myself on Kansas City to win the division, which seemed like it was a, I think at one point, after a few weeks after I bet it, it went from about 180, I think I got it at 160, 170, I think the mark was at about two, minus 200, minus 250, and then two weeks later, I think they're at minus 1200, so now <laughs> it's just, you know, pretty frustrating having them in pocket to, to win the division and just losing, what is it, six or the last seven or something like that, something ridiculous? And, yeah, uh, six or seven. So, yeah, and then... Uh, <laughs> Albeit against really bad teams as well. I mean, Buffalo on the road, taking the Jets. I mean, they're not bad, but I mean, they're definitely a team they should be able to beat if they're going to go to the playoffs. And then, and who's the, who the other team? The, the Giants, I think Giants, they lost. Yeah. Raiders. So, yeah. Definitely not playing a, a stellar schedule by any means. It's not nothing to do with the, the competition. Obviously, all themselves, but for some reason, I'm still a little bit, I still have a little bit of faith for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I, I probably shouldn't, but I feel like they seem like they still have some kind of potential that they might, they had a, had a slump and that they might kind of get back to the sleeper range where people aren't talking about them and giving up on them. They can kind of come back, but I, I'm i not going to necessarily put any more money on it by any means, but uh, it seems You're like... You're doubling down on your boy Andy and Alex? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's just tough. But it, and it's funny because uh, he, he looked pretty good last week. It was more so just that defense. It was just so frustrating to watch every... Like I said, I didn't have money on him uh, on the game. I just had money on him for the future to win the, the division there, but um, it... Every every third down, they just couldn't stop. They couldn't get any stops. Third and ten, third and fifteen, third and five. Just every time their defense couldn't make any stops. It was just so frustrating. But oh, that's in pretty... fairness to them, it's hard to keep McCown in that Jets yeah. offense under thirty-five. <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, I didn't even. I should I should have realized that when I was making my division bet, you know, six weeks before that, that they're going to come and play that stellar Jets offense with with McCown at the at the helm. That's a good point. Yeah. I had some Jets team total over thirty-seven and a half, so I was happy to see that come through. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What did you get minus one hundred five on that? Or <laughs> yeah, I think so. So yeah. Anyway, but no. But the the funny part is, okay, so if he's, if I'm so low on Kansas, not just so low, but if I feel like they're you know they can't get any stops, everything else, all the above, it's okay. But then the funny part is, you have this Oakland team that's just just in a bad spot. I mean, I don't know. They just uh, that. Haven't had much either, and it's I don't really know why exactly. I think it just a lot of it has to do with coaching. I I know we weren't really too high on the coaching staff last year, and I think now it's kind of coming to fruition uh, with just the players and everything. So they got the talent. There's really nothing that changed. I know the you know the two wide receivers last week were out, but I mean for the most most of the season they haven't had many injuries or anything. They're key injuries. So this is another game that just kind of seems like a crapshoot. I'm long winded. I kind of wanted to more talk about the Kansas City future that I had, but. I don't know really how you bet this side either way. <laughs> I just don't really. Maybe a little bit of value on Oakland, I guess, but just I don't know. It's just tough to tough to do and pull the trigger. And I feel like at some week Kansas City is going to have a blowout game here and, and come back. Not that I'm going to be betting against that or betting for it, but I just kind of feel like it's uh, lurking here. So I don't I don't know. And to, uh, it's total, I don't really have an opinion either way. So at 47, so um, I really don't have much in this game. I guess uh, as much as I want to try to make a bet, I don't think I can really come up with anything at least at this point in time. Uh, you just got to put the clothespin on the nose and and lay the points. I think you're with Kansas City. That's my opinion. Oh, yeah? uh, I I just think I really don't think Oakland's that good a team. Their defense is just awful. Even though they held the Giants to whatever 17 points and Geno Smith last week, but I just think well, this Raiders team is really not good. And I don't think Kansas City's that great either. But 
I'd say if Kansas City has even a remotely um, performance that resembles what they did last week against the Jets and gets anywhere close to 31, I think they can cover this game pretty easily. Um, now, obviously, it's not not a um, you know it's not a whole lot of confidence taken in the Chiefs at this point when they have lost so many games and look pretty bad here for a lot of weeks. But um, yeah, I, I think Andy Reid giving up the play calling last week and them having that amount of success against a you know, okay, respectable Jets defense. I think that's a little bit of a sign of things to come from their offense, and I, I think there's a little bit of an aberration, hopefully, that their uh, defense has given gave up that many points. So I think I'd, I'd expect that to to rebound a little bit back to the mean as opposed to the offense falling flat again on their face. But I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. It's, it's tough to lay more than a field goal with a team that has been so inept. Um, but it's, uh, more than anything, it's just uh, I think it's a great spot for Kansas City. And uh, I think Oakland's just really not that good, but I don't know. We'll see. It's not that would be my most highly rated, confident game ever. But I think it's worthy of a little bit of a bet here at four, and especially if it ends up going down at all, then I'd, I'd really like it if it got down to three. Yeah, maybe for your sake and my sake both, we can see uh, the old Kool Aid Man rolling through the locker room again. We haven't seen that in a while. Andy Reid, that yeah, is. just a brilliant Jeff. Uh, it should be. Uh, like a fantasy football avatar or something, the big Andy Reid plowing through in the locker room with the wall collapsing and the big Kool-Aid, oh yeah. For all the people that haven't seen it, check it out on uh, Twitter or something. But uh, Next game, pretty good one here. You got Minnesota heading to Carolina. It's like Minnesota's laying 2.5-3 with a total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Minnesota 1, minus 1, and uh, Westgate open. Carolina minus 1, and the look-ahead line at the Westgate had Carolina minus 2.5, and, a half and I feel like there's a little bit of value just on Carolina here, but it's I don't know if I really want to get, necessarily get in front of this Minnesota team with the, the the offense the way they're playing. Not that they played outstanding last week, but they got the job done, and their defense obviously playing as good as they can. I know the announcer was saying during the game, he just basically anytime they have a problem, they just Zimmer puts Harrison Smith to go fix the you know fix patch the hole or fix up the problem, and almost every time he does it, he just what a great player he is. It's, he's super fun to watch, being the basically play does anything basically, you know find a running back in the backfield he can play a deep threat in the the safety or whatever it's just uh we've always we've always liked watching him um ever since he came out of notre dame uh from college so we've, he's always been always been great to watch but it's uh he's he's definitely a, a playmaker he's almost like a you know sean lee on dallas or something like that is as important he is to that defense so um or keekley i guess for that matter in carolina but anyway to the, for this game i just feel like it like just like the look ahead line it just basically swung from two and a half to two and a half so i mean they're now even three at some shops, so I, mean, I feel like you got you got to have a little bit of value on Carolina. But the problem is, I'm not super high on Carolina. This Carolina team, and I'm decently high on Minnesota. Obviously, taking all the bias and the homer out of it, but I still feel like they're a pretty solid squad. But I feel like if Carolina at a flat three is probably worth a small bet. But I want to feel you know super great about it, or necessarily think it's going to cash for sure. But I feel like long term, you're probably going to make money on that. Just getting three at home like that with the decent pretty great pretty good defense and even though the offense is struggling i feel like this will be a pretty close game but like i said probably a small lean to carolina here getting points yeah it's pretty crazy to think that um whatever month and a half two months ago the vikings were playing at chicago and they were laying three in that game exactly <laughs> and now you turn around they're laying three against carolina it's like there's a little little bit of a difference in quality between those two opponents when you're talking about the same line well, obviously that's for me and you disagree uh, frank what was that? That's where me and you disagree. I think. I think Carolina, <laughs> Chicago on a neutral. Uh, maybe tip my hat a little bit to Carolina, but 
Yeah, I mean, that's just one of those things where obviously the markets have caught up some somewhat to how good the Minnesota team is compared to you know, how they had them rated earlier in the year. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Just, yeah, it's just from a number standpoint, uh, just the value has to be with Carolina here. But I just, I just don't trust them, though. That's the problem. I had them last week. Uh, against the Saints, once it got up to five and a half, I just thought that's too many points in a division game that they both need quite a bit. And, um, yeah, I just thought that they're going to, Carolina's going to be able to achieve enough on offense to kind of keep it within that number. And they ended up only losing by 10. So, you know, technically they were one score away from covering. But when you watch that game, it was never, never really super close. It was pretty, pretty handedly the Saints, uh, you know, beat Carolina down. So I don't really, Cam Newton just a couple years ago, I remember me and you were both super early on the, you know, Cam MVP, you know, slash really good quarterback because he was kind of almost like not quite as bad as Jameis is uh, regarded now, but uh, people weren't really giving Cam much credit and he really wasn't. It was pretty inconsistent his first couple years. And then uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, the first few weeks, he just looked incredible and nobody was really talking about him. Um, until like the second half of the season. I know me and you wrote them quite a bit there pretty early and the numbers just didn't adjust for six, seven weeks. And they're just every week we're like, there's value in Carolina. Um, but that Cam Newton's long gone at this point. I don't know what his deal is, but it's just, um, extremely inconsistent from week to week and he's just missing throws and just doesn't look comfortable. And, um, just somebody that I don't know. I was kind of expecting him to have a little bit of a bounce back against the softer banged up defense last week. And, Really just it wasn't like they were doing anything that was preventing them from succeeding. It just, I don't know if it's scheme or just something wrong with them. And it just, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. And Old Riverboat um, Ron? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's Riverboat Ron or the offensive coordinator or what, but, um, something I kind of tried to, you know, be a little proactive and get out ahead of, uh, ahead of it last week and it didn't work out for me. And I don't really have any interest in doubling down on that, especially against a, a huge step up in defense here. So uh, just from a number standpoint, I don't think I could really back the Vikes at three because that just seems like you're paying a huge premium at this point. But I also don't really trust Carolina to, to go with them either. So I think I'll uh, likely be staying away from this one. Next game is Green Bay at Cleveland. Green Bay laying three, three and a half on the road with a total of 40 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay minus three, the Westgate open. Green Bay six. I don't know if that's that right or not. I don't, that's what he had, but... Uh, look headline, Green Bay minus three and a half. So I'm going to check that line here as we speak, but I don't have a whole lot of, I mean, it's just the same deal. I almost, for the rest of the season, I just kind of have a, a no bet clause in my head pretty much that I'm not going to bet on Cleveland, not going to bet against them almost because I know you're going to get value on Cleveland, but, um, I, I don't know. It, I, I think, like I said, just my power range, the way you look, I think if you get a three and a half, you have to look towards Cleveland's way. I'm sure they're going to take money like they do almost every week from the Sharps, but, uh, I just don't have a whole lot of faith and specifically Kaiser. He just looks <laughs> every week. He just looks ungodly bad and then he just doesn't do anything. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's possible. It's like you got Josh Gordon back last week, which is a big weapon too, which you think would help a decent amount, but he just always makes just bonehead mistakes. I don't get it. So or just bad, bad throws and mistakes too as well. So, uh, yeah. but, and then the screen Bay team, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I know some people talk about them making a playoff run. That'd be, I wouldn't like it at all for the Vikings' sake, but it would be kind of interesting if they could somehow get all the cards to fall right and, and make a playoff run in Green Bay or Dallas, two kind of ones that are 
they made a run they could potentially do damage if they can get it together but it'll just kind of be interesting to see as the season closes here if they do make a run but it's just kind of tough to tell with with Hunley what he's got and, and it didn't look that great last week other than a few plays he made with his legs but uh, like I said a small lean towards Cleveland but I'm just not going to get to the window I don't think yeah Cleveland's on a covering streak they're covered one game in a row now one and all baby um, so before that, I bet him against Cincinnati. They didn't cover. I bet him against Jacksonville, and they didn't cover. Uh, I bet him against the Lions week before well, that. Let me, and they let didn't me guess. Cover. Oh, okay. He beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I had three straight weeks. I had him in all three of those games in the fourth quarter. They were covering late. And all three of those games, they had some kind of fumble six, pick six, and the Lions case, two pick sixes. And uh, all three times got blown up. And then last week, I'm like, yeah, I kind of lean with them, but I don't think I'm going to quite pull the trigger here. And, of course, slide right in that back door and cover it up no problem in the fourth quarter there. So that was uh, a little frustrating from... Uh... A little late to the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the Browns' uh, theme song, even though they haven't been able to get in there nearly enough this year as they should, but... Um, yeah, so I just I don't really don't really like this team. Um, obviously, not not laughable like most people where they just either bet against them or whatever. I've ridden with them way too many times and been let down. It's kind of like uh, the kid and liar liar when his dad keeps telling him he's gonna come to the birthday party. That's the Browns for me. They're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come through the back door for you. And every time I'm sitting there waiting for that door to open up, and every time a smile goes to a frown, and I leave disappointed and leave all my money there on the ground. So is that the movie um, with the, the claw? Yeah, the claw. The claw. <laughs> uh, the liar, liars. I haven't seen that in forever, but um, I thought you watched it last week. <laughs> no, no, but I won't be opposed to it. It's a pretty good flick. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's at, coming off a hot cover streak here, one in a row. You know, I hope maybe they'll be a little fat and happy after only losing by <laughs> nine last week. No, I don't know. I no opinion on this one. I don't trust Hundley in the pack. What? A, speaking of the garbage covers, what a garbage cover by the Packers last weekend. Coming back against Tampa and then going into overtime, land three or I, I in that contest I had Tampa plus three and a half, and then of course Packers get the ball first and then run right through the defense and score a touchdown there in overtime to win by six and absolutely no no business covering that game you know at worst to push for Tampa Packers but not how it ends this year for way too many games so I don't like either of these teams don't really trust either of them and like you said it will be interesting if. The Packers can somehow get to ten and six if Rodgers comes back and maybe sneak in the playoffs. But at the current state with these two teams, I don't, I don't really have an opinion or, or care. This will definitely be on the very side TV in the basement, that's for sure. Well, how bad was that Green Bay Tampa game? I mean, just the sloppiest <laughs> game I've ever seen. I mean, just it's basically like who wants to lose this game? And it was just I, I never seen such a sloppy game in quite a while. I mean, it was just it was hard to watch. It really was. I had, I had to move it off one of my TVs. So it was just like, okay, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. This is just painful. And even when into overtime, I was like, this is just just crazy, crazy sloppy. I don't know. It's just pretty bad all all around. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I think Hunley ended up throwing for seventy five yards or something and getting the win. Yeah. It was something horrendously bad. Yeah, um, like sixty or seventy what... yards on the ground. Oh yeah, no, eighty-four yards. Not a bad stat line though for a winning quarterback. Thirteen to twenty-two for eighty-four, no touchdowns and a pick. Doo-doo. <laughs> if that doesn't get you in the end zone, I don't know what would. Um. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, enough of that game. Next game up, we got San Francisco at Houston. Uh, Houston laying three with a total of forty-three. Yeah, this one here, my power rating. I made San Francisco one and a half. 
Westgate open, Houston minus three, and the look at line was Houston minus five and a half. And clearly, I was a little, you know, my power rating, San Francisco, I, th- I thought maybe the markets would adjust even more here for Garoppolo, but they made a little bit of adjustment, a modest adjustment, a few points, but I think it's, you know, even that's a little light. I, I, I really liked what Jimmy G was doing for the most part. I mean, I had a, a bet on San Francisco, obviously, like we already mentioned. Um, it just, uh, it seemed like every, I said that feeling every time he was up. And usually when I have, I have a bet on a team, I'm kind of, you know, play the, the pessimistic role where I'm kind of just assuming something bad's going to happen. But for whatever reason, last week, while watching Jimmy G, I just kind of felt every time they snapped the ball, I felt like they was going to make a th- good throw and they're going to, you know, make a five, ten yard pass and, and have, have a successful down. So I don't know. I don't really feel like that way with a whole lot of quarterbacks. And I know that not the only person. I know a lot of people are on the Jimmy G train, but I just feel like uh, this Houston team's kind of just in, a little bit in shambles. And I mean, like San Francisco's just trying really hard and you got a pretty good, decent quarterback that's trying to prove something. Uh, before the off season, so I I feel like you're if you're gonna get the motivation, if you can get especially if you can get a flat three here, I feel like San Francisco's probably the side. I'm riding them last week, riding them again this week, but I feel like uh, you know taking the three points with a better quarterback and a team that's got fully motivated here. I I would at least they have been the last few weeks. I feel like that you know taking the three is probably a good side. So I'm gonna be doing that here at San Francisco with the three points. Yeah, I mean what's that Jimmy G bandwagon? leaves uh vegas you'll have to make a pit stop in uh, minneapolis come pick me up on our way down to houston because <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm uh i'm all in on jimmy g too i know the simmons is going nuts about him on his podcast and that didn't uh, unfortunately i was already on the bandwagon before listening to that but it was kind of uh funny to hear him going on about it i know with him it's just a expatriates thing but um and i, I, I need just to get like a jimmy g too. jimmy g bandwagon theme song or something yeah, you got to come up with a, a train whistle or something for all the people jumping on board. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think he's he looks pretty solid. His stat line wasn't spectacular, uh, but watching the game, because I had some San Francisco in my pocket too, uh, yeah, I felt surprisingly confident for a younger quarterback that's not super proven with hardly any playmakers around him. I know that Goodwin, a receiver for San Francisco, has been pretty good, and uh, he's, I think he's a little bit of a sneaky fantasy pickup since he's basically the number one option there now with a competent quarterback. I may or may not have stashed him away in a couple leagues for uh, you know maybe a little desperation in the playoffs here. Um, I just think that uh, and then Houston's pretty beat up and they should have by all rights covered that game against Tennessee. What a garbage non-cover that was with your boy Henry getting loose again and running for 80 yards when the game was over. I don't know why. He just doesn't fall over, or why he doesn't randomly get stopped. But you know, he he got me once against the Colts a few weeks ago that really hurt me. And then last, luckily I wasn't involved in that game last week. I'd have been super annoyed watching him bust off another one with 35 seconds left when they're already winning the game. That's what that Tennessee yeah. team does, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they got that's you on what, the ground. Gonna, they got you on the ground. They're gonna make sure you step on your throat, right? <laughs> that's what wins in the playoffs when you can just run off the clock to keep running down their throats and. Run up the score. Yeah, ask Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, in this situation, uh, I think getting three here is a great bet on San Francisco. It's kind of scary when you got a bad team coming off a win because, you know, a lot of times they don't know how to handle success. And, you know, a two and 10 team, uh, they just don't really like the a profile of them coming off a win. But in this situation, Houston's pretty banged up and terrible, and Tom Savage is horrible. And, um, San Francisco, I think, so, yeah, should be significantly higher power rated with Jimmy G in there. So, absolutely looking San Francisco's way here. And I'm surprised the number hasn't adjusted more, to be honest. 
Next game is Washington at the Chargers. Let's say the Chargers are laying six at home with a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here is the Chargers three and a half. Westgate open, Chargers six, and the look headline, Chargers five and a half. Seems to me like this is just too high. I'm simple as that. I don't know why it's really this high. I don't think the Chargers should be laying this many points, especially against a Washington team that can score points. So I feel like this might be a little bit of a higher scoring game, but total's still 46. So I don't think it's going to get too out of control, but I know this Chargers team a lot of people drawn a lot of attention from specifically the public now and then just kind of everybody, football fans. are They've looked good, and don't get me wrong. They've been getting a good streak together here. Rivers look pretty good, but... Um, I like we said this pretty much all the time with Chargers team, whether it be this year when they're doing okay or earlier this season, whenever it's just a deal you don't really want to be laying points, especially over a field goal with the Chargers. So, especially with a team at home that really has no home field advantage or very very little, if any. So, um, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the Washington. Side. I don't know necessarily know if I'm gonna get there or not, but I feel like there's a little bit of value on Washington. And I think a lot of it has to do with motivation as well too, because obviously the Chargers are in a big big race here with both Oakland and kansas city for that the division lead so obviously you know you know where their head's going to be at and down to business mentality and in washington they're kind of it's you know it's tough to tell but i would imagine especially cousins if you can give the ball to cousins i think he's gonna be able to put up points and keep him in the game uh so you know like i said i'll be leaning to, leaning to washington here for uh for this side yeah it's i i was thinking the same thing the only counter argument i can make is now with Thompson out for Washington, they're really just and then and Reed out still at tight end. They're just really devoid of playmakers, which is you know frustrating because I I like this Washington team quite a bit and thought there was they were undervalued for much of the season and um I thought it was a pretty big game for them last week to kind of keep their their playoff hopes alive and they're still technically alive, uh, but it's pretty unlikely at this point. So who knows? Like you, you mentioned earlier in uh, Detroit. Um, game, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a dream crusher for them uh, against a division rival in prime time, just getting embarrassed. You'd think there's a potential for a bounce back, but who knows if that could just be kind of the beginning to the end of their season against a team that desperately needs it and has been on a roll here. So I do think it's inflated. Um, I'd, I'd want to jump on Washington, and if it were earlier in the year, I would absolutely be on Washington here. Uh, but at this point, when it's a little bit hard to gauge, you might, you might be at a huge motivation uh, motivation disadvantage here with Washington, and uh, and just a spot where they might just just not have any any playmakers on offense to really keep it up. Um, I think Cousins played a great game against Dallas last week, which is pretty hard to lose 38-14, and I went and. Part of the reason I liked my Washington last week was because I, I just trust Cousins way more than, than Dak. And I came away saying, oh, I thought Cousins played a pretty good game, and they still lost by 24. So it's a little bit scary um, when that's part of the handicap there is, is trusting Cousins to play a good game, catching six when he could still play a good game. He still might not even cover that. So lean Washington, but I'm not totally sure if uh, I'll be able to get there or not with them. Next game we got is the Jets at Denver. We got some road jets here this week laying a point. So I see a pick a couple places. A total of 41, 41 and a half. Yeah, pretty crazy for sure. The adjustments made here. Um, I power rating here the Jets minus two. Westgate open a pick 'em, and the look at line was Denver minus three. And you know, markets we're seeing here kind of moving towards more towards what I think it should be at, at two. Just constantly getting bet here to the Jets side, and obviously I don't disagree with it. I. 
the Jets have been pretty impressive all season long, and the, the lowest win people are talking about they're the worst team, and it's been since ten years in the NFL, and the lowest win total almost ever uh, preseason, and that's already obviously already lost, and that's got bet down a ton too. So from the opener, it already is lost. So shows you how much of a difference and biggest swing the Jets have had, and then you look at Denver, and it's basically the exact opposite, especially after a pretty decent start too. They just kind of absolutely nosedived right into the ground. So what have they lost eight in a row now? I think it is. Yeah, uh, I think it is eight in a row. Yeah, so I mean, they just basically try a different quarterback and just uh, <laughs> looks like you know one of the a lingo game or something like that. Just pick one out of the out of the little hat and put one out there and see what you got. So it hasn't worked out too well, and all of them look pretty pretty bad. And I I, I always kind of stick up for Simeon the most, but he, he makes it pretty difficult to tell you that much every week. Trotting him out there, he just makes bad throws and looks like he doesn't really want to be out there. And I don't know. It, you'd think eventually you're going to get some value on Denver. Obviously there's a pretty big adjustment here from three being the look headline and now sitting one and a half, one somewhere in there. But I really don't have any faith in Denver. It's what it comes down to. I just don't want to put my money on them. So it's crazy the last few weeks, how the Sharps keep betting Denver. They bet them last week, they bet them the week before. And I was on them. I was against them two weeks ago on an Oakland team. I'm not very high on. And then last week I stood, stayed away just because I don't have any faith. And I'm glad I did because, I don't know. I just don't really know what they see. They're just really the defense might still be there, the pieces, but they're just either not trying or don't care or whatever. I don't know. But it, either way, I, I just don't know how you put your money on Denver until they show you a little bit of something. And I haven't seen it, and I haven't seen it now. And I don't know if I'm going to see it before the end of the season until they make some big changes in the locker locker room or staff or whatever. So I much I well, I'm probably not going to get there, but I'd have to lean Jetsway. <laughs> Laying the points on the road here is as ridiculous as that sounds. I just I'm, I can't go on Denver right now. Yeah, remember, it's amazing how perceptions change, like not only over the course of time and, you know, years and centuries, but just here talking about two months or, you know, a handful of six weeks, whatever it is. Remember back in uh, when Denver was playing at Buffalo and Denver was laying, I think, three or so on the road, and then the Bills ended up winning that game 26-16, and everyone was pointing to that as, you know, oh, wow, this Buffalo team must be for real if they're beating Denver like this. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy to think how laughable that is now. And it's like, well, the, we know the Bills aren't any good, but the Denver's really not any good. So if you play that game now, it'd be like, wow, both these teams are horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, I know some just, people. I know some people have Denver as their worst rated team in the league. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's hard. Honestly, it's hard not to in a way that they they just got blown out by a Dolphins team that looked like they haven't been trying for a month. Oh, exactly. And, and it's not like it's just a, an aberration where, I mean, how many times, I, I, I bet Denver, not the last month or so, because I know they've just totally packed it in and quit, but um, there was a stretch there when they, I had them against the Giants, or uh, uh, after the, they blew that game on Sunday night to the Giants. I, I had say you're, I say you're, roll, you're rolling doubles in that game, or what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, I mean, I had them after that game in a bounce back spot against the Chargers, and they laid in that complete egg. Then I had him against the Chiefs, and then I had him against the Eagles. I think I bet him three times in a row, figuring, all right, I'll give him a little bit of credit. I think they have a little bit of heart. And, uh, nope, they're uh, they're like the Tin Man. They just got no heart, haven't bounced back at all. I don't know if they hate the coach. I don't know if they just don't like Elway or they're just veterans, like I said a couple weeks ago, that they just aren't in contention, and they just said, all right, screw this. But, um, I mean, they haven't even hardly been competitive here for, what, three months now. Um I don't know. It's just I think they're unbackable at this point, and maybe they do have some talent here and there, 
like I can see as a deep as on the defense if you're like, all right, our offense is horrible. We don't have a quarterback. We have no chance of making the playoffs. Like, why am I putting in the extra effort? And why am I, you know, other than my own personal goals and and making money, um, you know, the all the veterans on the defense are like, well, why am I out here, you know, trying super hard when there's just no point basically. So, um, and then on the other hand, the Jets have been pretty frisky. Um, one last week against Kansas City, they definitely should have beat the Carolina a couple weeks ago, but Chip will Jets fast and they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Um, but against a Denver team, I mean, they could sit there and unload a whole clip into their foot and they'd still probably be able to walk away a winner in that one. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think, uh, it's kind of scary basically taking the Jets at a pick or, or laying a point here on the road, but that's absolutely the way it looks. And, um, I still think, uh, I, I still think that's just, it's pretty cheap and I'm absolutely going to be betting the Jets here this week. Uh, next game, we got Tennessee at Arizona, a game of two teams of who do I want less. We got Tennessee laying three on the road with a total of 44. Yeah, my power in here, Tennessee minus two and a half. Westgate open Tennessee two and a half, and the look at line, Tennessee minus three. Uh, yeah, he said it right. I don't know how you pick either one of these teams. I mean, this Tennessee team, the fact that they're eight and four and leading the division, I mean, obviously the AFC is weak, but I mean, they, this team I just have no confidence in whatsoever, and I. I don't know. I I have Jacksonville to win the um win the division here that AFC South and I bet that a few weeks back, 4 or 5 weeks back and got them at 2 to 1 plus money. So I like that bet a decent amount. I don't know what it's at. I haven't looked yet today, but boy is that going to be gross when they get blown up by this absolute garbage Tennessee squad that has no business even having a winning record let alone being 8 and 4 and you get a great price like that. You get 2 to 1 in your money with a clearly better Jacksonville team and I'm already upset for you when that gets blown up by a tiebreaker. <laughs> Yeah, well, the good thing is they got uh, head-to-head matchups. I'm hoping that they should be able to take care of business pretty handedly. But, yeah, obviously anything can happen. And But, yeah, this Tennessee team I couldn't be a whole lot more uh, underwhelmed, with, underwhelmed with. So, uh, But then, yeah, like you said, Arizona, they kind of they looked a little little frisky two weeks ago. And then last week they basically showed nothing in a big division game there against the Rams. Uh, so, I don't know. Pick your poison here. I mean, obviously I'm going to take the look, look towards taking the points at a flat three, but I'm definitely going to be – you know, not 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 be too involved in this game. Looks like it might be heading down a little bit too. So I don't think we're going to get see any three and a halfs or even three with even money or anything on Arizona. So I don't really anticipate this line moving much, nor do I anticipate having uh, much of a bet, if any, uh, on this game. So I'll be staying away for the most part. Yeah, it's I no interest in Tennessee. I think they're just a complete fraud. Don't like them at all. Um, I've been trying to bet against them, and luckily I didn't have Houston last week because I didn't trust them. And what what I got screwed there late, but I just have no interest in backing Tennessee. Yeah, what an easy schedule. Uh, oh, I know it's it's unbelievable. Um, but then the, the same token of the coin, I don't really trust the Cardinals. Uh, if if I would have had a good performance from Gabbert last week, uh, you probably could talk me into him. But I still just don't trust him. He looked pretty horrible last week, and this is a pretty short price range where. You're pretty much asking to win the game or at least come real close, and um, I just I don't trust Gabbard necessarily to do that. Um, it's it, uh, I don't know if you listened, but I'm sure you did. To Fezzik talking about, he kept saying last week when he was touting the Cardinals against the Rams, he kept saying over and over again, "Oh, Gabbard's the best third string quarterback in the league," which <laughs> yeah. it's kind of the, you know being the tallest midget or you know pretty faint praise regardless. But um, obviously, as a Vikings fan, and I've been pretty anti Keenum, but. You know, technically, he's a third stringer, and even though he's ascended the, to be the starter this year, 
It's like I'd say he's pretty clearly the best third stringer in the league at this point. Yeah, yeah. What? A, yeah, that comment. I was, I was thinking the same thing. It's like that's just saying, oh, he's the, he's the best kicker on the team or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's like, oh, way to go. It's like, well, too bad he had, he's playing against starters and not third stringers. But anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. No interest in this one. I don't think. If anything, I would have to lean towards Arizona. But uh, no thanks. Next game is actually a real good game here. We got Philadelphia heading to the Rams. Looks like the Rams are a two-point favorite at home with a total of 49.5. Yeah, my power in here was a pick em. Westgate opened Philadelphia minus 2.5, and, and the look-ahead line was Philadelphia minus 3. But I don't. Th- I think I must be the Rams, not Philadelphia. I think I wrote that down wrong. Yes, I did. Um, hold on. I'm trying to figure it out here. No, I did No, I didn't. They did open it up at 2.5. That's crazy. <laughs> they opened up Philly 2.5, and, and it's got bet all the way up to 2, 2.5 two towards the Rams. So... I I I don't know. Yeah, my my like I said, my power range to pick them, and I feel like this line might if it gets to three, I feel like I'm gonna have a pretty big bet on Philadelphia, a pretty sizable bet. I this big adjustment after the game after the loss last week, I don't think it's very warranted much at all. I mean, their game their game plan and the strategy they went out there with trying to play more of a dink and dunk against Seattle. It's, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, and just their whole strategy altogether, they didn't really. But then they also had a drive too, where they were going down a score, and then they turned it over. So I mean. Which kind of changed the complexion of the game, but it, it, this here it just seems like Philadelphia is funny how much because I mean if they would have won last last week against Seattle, I mean there's no way this line gets less than goes less than three with Philly on the road. So I mean the fact that one game, which is one of the main reasons I have that look headline in my in my in the podcast and in my my own sheet to, for my numbers, is just for that exact point to see how much it changes after one week and this you know three point adjust or four or five point adjustment here. And potentially even more if the public gets a hold of it and wants to, you know, bet the Rams after the few weeks here, they look pretty good. I mean, I think it's Philly. Philly's a no-brainer to me. I think. I think you're just getting some line value. So, and I think that it's obviously a pretty good team. So I, I think they're going to be able to win this game outright and take care of business. Not easily, but I think they'll be able to get the job done here against the Rams and show that they're one of the best teams in the NFC. I think uh, Wentz and that defense is pretty good, and obviously that offense. So I think it'll obviously be a little bit of a shootout, but I think the Philadelphia will be able to get the job done, let alone getting the points. So it might be a, a money line play here for me. Yeah, it looks like they had Philly 2.5 before the Sunday night game, and then they took it off the board and then reopened it pick. Oh, okay. I think it's kind of what I'm seeing, which makes sense. And then it got bet to St. Louis, which I I, I think is kind of surprising. Um, that wasn't, I mean, they, they didn't crazy. have a St. Louis is playing, huh? What? That's crazy. St. Louis is playing in this game. Oh yeah, <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I guess the Rams. Uh, it's funny on uh, the Vegas Insider here with the line movements. It says STL. So oh I really? Came by that one honestly. <laughs> huh. Maybe, that, maybe, um, maybe that's uh, an indicator they're moving back. <laughs> Getting back on the St. Uh, Louis train. Yeah, but it is, I mean, it's kind of, I'm kind of surprised that money has been coming here on LA. Um, you know, I could see the public kind of maybe being a little bit, uh, you know, disheartened, disheartened with, uh, the Eagles performance. But I don't think they look partic- like particularly horrible. They just, you know, ran into a, a pretty good effort from a Seattle team and a tough place to play. And, um, you know, I think you could pretty much give them a pass on that one in a lot of ways. If you, so I'm kind of surprised that, uh, the early money was usually a sharper money and just came in on the Rams here. Uh, me personally, I do kind of like the Rams. Um, I uh, might be going head to head in this one. Head to head. I don't. I don't love them because I still don't. I think they're both good teams, but I don't completely, implicitly trust either of them. And I think spot wise, it's not a not a bad spot for the Eagles. You know, they didn't get quite embarrassed, but you know, it took a step up in class there in prime time, and 
maybe learned a lesson. Now they're staying out on the West Coast this week and probably have a pretty good effort um, against the Rams here and a little bit of a bounce-back spot. But my concern with this Eagles team is I just, they haven't played anybody. You know, they got the gaudy record at 10-2, and two, but, I mean... But the, the Rams schedule's been pretty stellar. No, I mean, it hasn't either, but, I mean, I just think people... When talking about the Eagles, there's been a lot of, like, talking heads. Like, Chris Carter was saying the Eagles are clearly the best team in the league. And it's just like, I just don't, I don't see it. Like, stop when you get a super impressive win here. You got um, the, the Bears, the Cowboys, I guess is okay. Broncos, Niners, Redskins at home. At the Panthers, I guess, is, is pretty impressive. And then Cardinals. And then at the Chargers back in week four. So, I mean, there's a couple okay wins, I guess, there. But there's... There's nothing that's overly impressive. That's when the Chargers were struggling, and the Panthers are super hit or miss. And I don't know. I just I just don't think they've been good. And they I think they've both kind of been um, been overvalued because they both just keep routing really bad teams. Which you know you can only play who's in front of you, and it it, it does show some level of uh, you know capability being able to put up a ton of points against bad teams. But you know the fact that. They're blowing out the Broncos 51-23. just doesn't really impress me that much. And uh, then they kind of step up in class against the Seattle team and go on the road and actually face a tough test. Uh, you know, they find a little bit of resistance, and, and then they, they couldn't quite get it done. So it'll be really interesting to see how they bounce back um, in, in this game that, this this week. Uh, I, think that'll, I think that'll be a pretty good indicator of how much as a Vikings fan you need to fear them in the playoffs. I think if they come back and put up a real good effort here and win this game fairly convincingly. I think that's a very troubling sign as a Vikings fan, but if they kind of you know, come out and don't look particularly impressive, um, I'll be feeling pretty comfortable if we have to go against them at some point in the playoffs. But from a betting perspective, I might get there uh, on the LA side, but I also like you, I agree with you that that's a pretty huge adjustment for one game. And I don't know, you might be just kind of riding the tail under that at this point. The next game we got, is the Dallas Cowboys heading to the freshly fired uh, McAdoo, not led anymore, New York Giants. It's like Dallas is laying four and a half on the road with a total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas minus three and a half. Westgate opened Dallas minus six and a half, and the look headline, Dallas minus three and a half. Uh, again, I think that I'm not sure what the, where it took place when they released, uh, when they put the line up and the firing and everything, if they knew about it or not. But, uh, I don't, this is a tough game for me, I think. It's just, uh, I don't, I really don't have much of an opinion. I, I have to lean to the Giants. It looks like Manning's going to get the start again, which, uh, his little roller coaster the last week or two here. Uh, all the media with that and the coverage is kind of crazy, but I feel like, uh, the, have maybe take a shot with the Giants, but I mean, even I, I don't know, <laughs> just uh, kind of tough. But usually, that's the way you'd have to look after a firing with the GM getting fired and then the the head coach and McAdoo. You you look at the taking the team that did that, showing that they're gonna come out and play. But I don't know if they will or not. And even like I said earlier, Dallas kind of has a long shot of making the an outside chance of making the playoffs. So obviously, they're gonna be motivated and focused, and especially a divisional game. But I guess smalling the Giants, but I don't really have much to say about this game other than that. Yeah, this is pretty much stay away from me. Don't really trust or like Dallas that much, especially laying points on the road. Unknown variable with the coach firing, um, how the Giants are going to respond. Kind of had a team that's been, for the most part, had a lot of quit in them this year. 
Uh, who knows? You know, with Eli coming back, maybe they'll be motivated to play for him and try to prove that it was a mistake benching him. Um, you know, maybe they'll play pretty hard, trying to prove a point that they hated playing for McAdoo. But uh, I also I don't feel confident enough put my money on them to see the bounce back. So uh, pretty easy one for me to stay away. I'm glad they flexed this one. I think they flexed this one from the afternoon game back to an early game, which is good because this will definitely be on. Uh, I mean, this will be battling, I guess, with Green Bay Cleveland for the very side TV, that's for sure. Yeah, I'll be neck and neck. Uh, so, Sunday night game, we got Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh laying five, total of 43.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus 7.5. Of course, that was before the uh, the night game was against Cincinnati, but uh, then Westgate opened Pittsburgh minus 7, and look at line, Pittsburgh minus 7.5. Uh, yeah, like I said, Monday Night Football against Cincinnati, and I, I thought Cincinnati looked decent, like I said, the first half, but it seems to me like there's a little bit of value on Pittsburgh, actually. I Laying the points here, I, I'm probably going to, I might have a bet on them here. i just really not too high on this Baltimore team. I, obviously, I bet against them last week, uh, and you know that with the Detroit, but they looked they looked decent, don't get me wrong, but I feel like this might be a, a game with blowout written all over it with Pittsburgh, just kind of taking care of business pretty easily. I mean, they didn't look pretty shaky the last few weeks now, but so I guess it kind of depends on what you think of Pittsburgh, if you think they're a, a legitimate team or not, or if they're more of a phony type of squad. But I I feel like they're not not a fantastic team, but I still think they're well above average. And the Baltimore team I'm kind of iffy about, but I feel like Pittsburgh's going to come out here and, and prove a point uh, again because that's two, was it two uh, primetime games in a row now? They've almost lost to, average or below average teams uh, in Green Bay and Cincinnati so I feel like this might be you're getting a little bit of point point spread value obviously look headline seven and a half now it's five and a half so even a five out I've seen a handful of fives so we'll be interested to see if it gets any lower but I don't, it won't really matter it's just kind of a dead number but I think if you get five five and a half uh, maybe even up to six I still like uh, laying the points here with Pittsburgh and as much as little as I do that and not very frequently I think if you think that that's probably the right side here with Pittsburgh and having a feeling they're going to put a good game together in divisional uh, primetime against Baltimore. Yeah, it's pretty funny how we haven't talked about um, any of these beforehand. And it's the first time, basically, you're just saying your takes and you have no idea where I stand. And um, way more often than not, it seems like we pretty much have the same case here. Um, I totally agree. I think if Baltimore or Pittsburgh would have blown out Cincy and Green Bay in the last two primetime games, I think this number comes close to 10, or you know, oh, yeah. definitely Absolutely. at least over 7. Yep. And uh, so the fact that they've this is their third straight primetime game, and this is the one they've really been looking forward to, because you know, they're rivals with Cincinnati, and they don't like them, but uh, more than anything, this is their biggest rival. And uh, you know, Green Bay, Pittsburgh's just a perfect team where they play up or down in their competition. We've been saying that for a long time, just a you know, total whack-a-mole team. And uh, this is uh, the... Barely snuck by Green Bay. They barely snuck by Cincinnati. But there was, you know, a decent amount of weather in that game. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of a little bit of a weird a weird game. And, you know, you got to give them a little bit of credit for coming back. But you also, in typical Pittsburgh-like fashion against inferior opponents, they kind of fell behind. But I think they're going to get uh, Baltimore is going to get their full attention in this one. And the fact that it's only five, I, I think, is a little cheap. Um, you know, this is the one, like I said, they've probably been looking forward to the last couple weeks. And uh, I think they kind of want to prove a statement here, I would think, on, on their third straight primetime game against a rival like this. And they blew them out earlier in the season, so I think that kind of is a little bit of a negative because usually 
Uh, if one team performs really well, the other team kind of has a little bit of revenge on their mind and comes back and puts together a better effort. So and that's, that's a one potential negative. But I just think five is is uh, pretty cheap for a team that if they play their you know A or even B plus game, I just think they're significantly better than the Ravens. And last couple of weeks, you know, the whole world has seen them not play their A game, and I think devalued them because of it. I know they've dropped to like five or six in the people's power rankings because of how unimpress- unimpressive they look. And I agree. I I think they they aren't a, a great team by any means, uh, but I do think their their best effort, which I think you're going to get here, is significantly better than Baltimore. Then the Monday nighter, uh, not super interesting. You got New England heading to Miami. Uh, New England laying 11, a Gronk list. Uh, New England laying 11 on the road with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus 13 and a half. Westgate open, New England minus 10 and a half. And the look head line, New England 11 and a half. And I didn't make, this is before the Gronk uh, suspension or the one game suspension was announced. So definitely makes a little bit of a, a power rating adjustment. I mean, he's just such a big threat, the, the big tight end. It's just a, even if he doesn't do much in the game, he still has a lot of uh, effect just throughout the team on the offense, just for being a big target that they have to cover. So if they aren't if they aren't shutting him down, then you know obviously he's going to make make points. And they're going to help the offense that way. And if they are shutting him down, you can for sure bet that they're using up resources on defense to, to do that, so that other avenues should become open and be available for for Brady to get to. And I, I don't know. I, not gonna be laying this many points, but I'd I would have to lean New England side. I'm not gonna do it, but uh, I'd almost almost never lay double digits. But I mean, especially on the road here. Uh, but I feel like this is a decent spot for New England. You saw the the, the whole deal of the debacle on with Brady arguing last week on the sidelines uh, with the offensive coordinator. I don't know if you saw that or not, but and he just had a pretty pretty awful game or not awful but not a great game at all and i feel like this will be a he's going to kind of be motivated a chip on his shoulder to come to miami and i think you know just kind of put it together and just have a really good game it's kind of what i feel like the offense is kind of going to go off here is what kind of the sense that i get and in miami on the other hand they have to a big win like that against denver that they kind of just blew them out all game it just looked pretty good against a lifeless denver team so they might be you know fat and happy coming home so I think they'll be in a for a root of awakening with New England, but I mean, obviously the points are high enough; it's going to account for that. So I really don't have much in this game. It's a big, big spread. And on the total side, I think kind of watch the, the the weather and a few other things, uh, a few other factors. But you know, forty seven, I seems like uh, might be worth worthy of a little bit of a an over bet. A lot to do with that, just because of the New England uh, offense. I feel like it's going to score a lot of points here, and I'll be interested to see with Miami because I don't really like their offense much. So that'll be the one basically what's going to hold me back from betting this over, but kind of wait and see as the week goes on and see where this, this total goes. Yeah, I kind of steal this from <clears throat> Simmons and Sal, but this is a perfect uh, opportunity to take your wife or girlfriend out on a date or whatever and score some points and bank them for a better matchup here or better better days of football. Cause I just you said what for a better gonna... matchup? What was that? You said what for a better matchup? Build up those points you get from taking the gal up for, you know, on a date night or whatever and skip this football game and build up some points that you can use later to, oh, he said, you know, get oh, the he day said off. Bank them up. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. He... Yeah. No, bank them up. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I just don't think this is too, going to be too entertaining from a viewership or I have zero interest in this game from a betting standpoint. Um, yeah. Miami, New England historically has played pretty bad in Miami for whatever reason. I don't know if there's anything to that or not. You know, Cutler, uh, take everything he did last week with a grain of salt, but he's still kind of a wild card. You know, my, New England, it's just a matter of if they're going to be motivated to 
to run it up at all or if they're going to go business trip it down there and get the win and get out of there. Uh, so just no no interest here. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I think we've already gone on long enough. So let's uh, end the podcast here with a couple picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. So, all right. So we, we both came off winners last week. I know you had San Francisco. And that uh, got there and getting three and a half. So you're looking pretty good pretty much the whole game. And then I had the Bengals last night on Monday night, which got there as well. So that gets you to, what, five and eight on the season? That's right. That's right. Five and eight. And then I'm up to seven, five, and one now, making a little bit of a rebound after we both uh, had a little rocky there. So I'm back, actually back, make a little bit of a profit, which is nice. So, uh, but you still have the T box. I think you're. Won at least three weeks in a row here, if not more. So keep her going, Rob. But uh, what are you looking at this week? Yeah, I hear you there. Sometimes you just got to get get down low on the glass and get some rebounds. I think we're both uh, sitting right there, so let's keep it going. But, um, yeah, that's one I have a few picks that I like. I think a little bit better of a card than normal. I might, might have a handful of plays, one of the bigger cards I've had here, maybe this NFL season. So we'll see how it shapes up. But I feel like uh, the one, one play I like the most here, don't normally do it like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, but. Take the Thursday night game, taking Atlanta in the points. I feel like uh, Atlanta, let's see, I don't know, what, what do you see on your screen? What, one and a half probably look about fair? Yeah, yeah, I think one and a half is so pretty good. I see some ones, some twos, so I think one and a half is a good compromise. So, yeah, I'll take Atlanta plus one and a half and uh, stay stay tuned. I'll probably be releasing a play depending on where the market goes here. or I will be releasing a play in Atlanta. It just depends on if I release money line or, or the spread, depending on what the better value is. So, yeah, my pick of the week, Atlanta plus one and a half. All right. Um... I think I'm going to go to a game in a similar price range. Uh, it's pretty crazy that uh, I'm going to be taking this team, you know, either huh. at pick or laying points on the road. But oh, I just boy. I'm betting against Denver. I just uh, I just I'm think really they quit. Rich. <laughs> I think they've quit. I just don't think they got any heart, and I don't expect them to bounce back anytime soon. So I will be taking the Jets. Um, I don't know. Call that uh, minus one on the road here. Um. Yeah, I suppose. What? what you no, say? no. I was gonna say one and a half, but I think you could probably. Uh, I mean, well, there's pick at like no what, four or five no, places. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't say a pick is kind of there too, so I'm not really sure. It's kind of yeah between yeah. pick and one. So I don't know. I don't know. I see some one and a half, some one, some picks. So I'll just call it one. So got the Jets laying one on the road is my uh, pick, pick of the week. And Rob's got the Falcons catching a point and a half at home on the Thursday nighter. So hopefully we can uh, keep those pick. picks of the week running hot. What, uh, you got any concluding thoughts here on this week's pod, Rob? That's uh, a good pick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, like I said, I kind of rebound a little bit here. I think we'll keep it together and hopefully, uh, get a little bit closer back to positive on the picks perspective from the picks page, but keep the picks of the weeks going and, I feel like we get a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs here. I know last last year's playoffs in 2016 season was pretty rough. Uh, not that we had a lot of plays, but we just couldn't come up with much, and I think it was for the best because we would have got slaughtered. <laughs> but I feel like if we can keep this momentum going and hopefully in the playoffs we get a little bit more success uh, all the way into the Super Bowl to get back into the, the positive for the not only for me for the picks of the week but also for our picks. So I get the momentum rolling here. All right, that sounds good. Well, that uh, that'll do it here for – the week 14 NFL pod. Uh, good luck to everybody out there in week 14 and have fun to all the Minnesota people with frolicking in the fresh snow here. 
in uh, early December as we're well underway the holiday season. So we'll see everybody next week, and best of luck to you. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.